Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Hey, what's going on, people? <laughs> Guess we came to dinner. Yup. Your true friend better know his will of God. And this is church. We're live on www.talkshoe.com, internet radio. This is Sound City Radio, and the show is called Church. You may dial the number 724-444-7444. Put in that PIN number, 143-906-POUND, to enter the show. No, to call into the show and one pound to enter the show and star eight to talk. Now, see, on this network, we practice freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. That's why I call it Sound City Radio. All I ask y'all to do is be real, be safe, and be ready. So tonight, we learn a lot of things. One my eagles have done better now. <laughs> They're going to the Diagon Super Bowl. And that's such a marvelous thing, especially in Philadelphia. The other thing we noticed is that there was a woman's march the day before, and they broke a record. I was at both. But now, we're having church. And the best thing about life is that my boy, Minister Calvin Myers, in the building. Minister Calvin Myers, you yeah. Yes, I am, my brother. Well, we're going to get this thing started. But I'm trying to set the tone real quick and let everybody know that there's a mighty cloud out there. And it's so mighty to be saved. And this is Hill Song. So I'm going to fall back and then I'm going to let you do your thing. God's going to bless him again. Somebody sing. My God is mighty to say. He Oh, 
Well, hello, everybody. God bless you again. We're back again on a Monday afternoon just to share with you the word of God. I pray that all is well in your life and that you're being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
I pray that God is sustaining you and keeping you and watching over you and blessing you, your family, your children, your husband, your wives, whatever ministry and whatever capacity that you're serving in, whatever community that God has given unto you to do, do it with the best you can. There is no ministry that's so great that makes God go wild and no ministry that's so small to say, oh, well, y'all ain't got, oh, that's all you're doing, that ain't nothing. Look at what I'm doing. God ain't into all that stuff. It's the small things that means the great things to God. And the thing that we think is so great, it's not even important to God. The Bible said that which is highly esteemed among men and is an abomination unto the Lord. God don't care about how gifted we are, how much ability we got. He cares about the sincerity of our heart. And, folks, if you think it's all about who you're around, what you can do, what other people could do, how they rise on dazzle you, all of that don't mean nothing in the day of judgment. When we get judged, the Bible says we're going to be judged according to the secret things of our heart, whether our motive was right or whether it was wrong. And a lot of people, Works are going to burn up the works because they did it to be seen and they did it because they wanted their name to be out there. And we're living in a time you can't rub elbows with everybody. You've got to be very careful. We're living in a time where people got big ability and all type of gifts but little boys and little girls character. So we're living in a time when the gifts is jumping off the wall, but the character is in the garbage can. Ain't got no character. So God is looking for people that has a character that he can raise up so he can be an example to the world. And I'm not talking about perfect people and works. I'm talking about people that has a character that God can use. And tonight we're going to talk about someone who had a character that God loved it. And we're going to talk about tonight this man named Samuel. So today or this evening, we're going to talk about the Samuels in our lives. All of us need Samuels in our lives. So with that being said, I just want to open up in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will give us the words to say, anoint our thinking, our words, bring back to memory every scripture, every revelation, every insight. God, I pray that the spirit of discernment will kick in of what to say and how to say it. And to present it to those who are listening, Lord. Lord, it's not about numbers, Lord. It's about what you want to do. You went to go see the one woman that was at the well because she was a kingpin. She knew how to bring a lot of men. So whoever this may be for, God, I pray that you will enlighten them, strengthen them, build them up. In the name of Jesus, beat back the forces of darkness, God. Break every stronghold. Bring in every wandering mind. And we thank you for those who tuned in. This is a message for them to encourage them as a reminder that you put men and women on the earth to speak into our lives, Lord, and to make a difference in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go into the scripture and I want to go, first I want to start off in Samuel chapter, first Samuel, I know we were supposed to go to Samuel chapter 3, but first I want to read this verse for you in first Samuel chapter 3, we're going to start off in 3, but let's start off at verse, um, let's start from verse 1, and then we're going to jump down to 19, and let's see what it says. And the, Samuel, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, 
And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. Y'all hear that? No open vision. Men wasn't given vision. It was a time when it seemed like the heavens were set up. And it came to pass that at that time, and when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim. He was an older man that he could not see. And the air of the lamp of God went out in the temple, the Lord of the Lord, and where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel, the Lord, not the bishop, not the apostle, not nobody laid hand and all that. The Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here am I. And he ran to Eli. He didn't go to the Lord. And said, here am I. For thou callest me. The interesting thing is when God called Samuel, he used Eli's voice. Very interesting. Remember that. And he said, I call not. Lie down again. And he went and laid down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not. My son, lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the, the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. This is interesting, y'all, because he didn't even know the word of the Lord. It wasn't even revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it should be, if he call thee, that thou should say, Speak, Lord, for thy servants hear it. And Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at other times. And Samuel then and then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. And listen to what else he said. And in that day where I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house, when I begin, and I also will make an end. And let's look at verse 19. Drop down to 19. And listen to what it said. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Father, we thank you for everything that you do in your timing, how you move by your spirit. Build up these people and strengthen them to your glory. Amen. I want to talk about the Samuels in our lives, just the Samuel in our lives. And if you want to call in and add to it, just put star eight, and we'll bring you right on in. Anything you might want to say or somebody that was a blessing to you in your life, you don't have to say a name. Or if you just want to say somebody spoke into your life that was like a Samuel to you without a name, that's fine. But I want to talk about the Samuels that's in our lives, the Samuel that's in our lives. First of all, this man Samuel, his name means asked of God or acquired of God. It wasn't by his own initiative, which in most cases that he chose to be in the house with Eli. He was dedicated to Eli, the priest, by his mother. At that time, his father had two wives, the concubine, 
and his main wife. And the concubine was producing sons, Phinehas and different sons, and the concubine began to mock Samuel's mother, which was Hannah. And Hannah went to the temple, and she prayed to God, and she was very disturbed by it. And she went and prayed, and she said, Lord, if you give me a male child, I would dedicate him back to you all of the days of his life. And for a mother to make a covenant like that, that was very difficult, ladies and gentlemen, because most mothers love their children. They don't give up their baby. They put the man out and the husband and everybody else, but not their baby. They ain't giving up their baby. So for this woman to step out on faith and meant what she said from the depths of her heart, God saw it. Now, Eli at the time was younger, and he thought she was drunk, and he told her to stop drinking. And she said, no, I'm not one of those women that drink. She said, my heart is just heavy and different things. And Eli told her, go home, and the Lord is going to give you what you ask of him. Little that he knew that this woman asked God to give her a son and that she would give him back to the Lord all the rest of the days of his life. So this is what happened. God answered her prayer. She conceived. She named the boy Samuel. She had to wait till the boy was weaned, old enough to give him back to, um, to give him back to the Lord. So at that time, Sammy was a little boy. And he grew up into a little toddler, and every year she'd go up to the priest's house and different things. And then eventually he got old enough, and she gave her son away, her firstborn son. Very difficult to the priest of God. Cap her words. In other words, mama wanted her boy to be a man of God. Folks, that's an awesome, awesome thing. For every mother wants their son to be a man of God. They should anyway. No mother should say, I want my son to be a no good, low down. I mean, he should be everything that ain't no good. Anytime a mom is thinking on those vibes or encourages those type of acts, something is wrong with that picture. But this mother wanted this boy to have the greatest title that he can have, being a man of God. Not by licensing by association, but in character. You see, in those days, they didn't have licensing. Either you was or you wasn't. <laughs> oh, boy, a lot of people wouldn't be preaching if it wasn't for that. And what we call the anointed now, they would have laughed you to scorn when it comes down to the anointing, because the anointing was demonstrated in power with the character. Are you hearing me? The anointing means you really was with God. You was locked in. It wasn't by association, by no means, <clears throat> but the anointing was by a relationship with God. That's what the anointing really was all about. And so this boy began to grow in the Lord and minister before the Lord as he grew from a baby boy, a little kid, to a man. So the only thing he ever knew was serving God, throwing before God. And the Bible said, and the boy grew. Sammy grew, and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground, y'all. Do you hear me? Now, there are a few people that grew like this. The Bible talks about Jesus growing in wisdom, and the Lord was with them. The Bible talks also about, I believe it was John the Baptist, who God was with him too. 
These are what they call Nazarites. They let their hair grow. They don't cut their hair. Samson was a Nazarite. They don't touch dead bodies. They're dedicated to the Lord all the days of their lives. And Samuel was a Nazarite, just like Samson, just like Jesus, just like John the Baptist. It's for these Nazarites. But at the time that Samuel was born, he was born at the time when he was being raised up to be the judge. You see, they didn't have kings, but they had judges because you're coming out of the book of Judges. And so you had judges in these days, and you did not have kings. Samuel will be the first prophet to start anointing kings because at this time God is about to do something new. He had a hard task because at the time that he was born, he was born in a lukewarm stage, if you will, when the priest of God was not walking according to the promises of God, what they were supposed to do. In fact, as you read into the story, <clears throat> excuse me, Eli's sons was not walking circumspectively. They were sleeping with the woman in the temple. They was doing whatever they wanted to do. They was doing it. So it was at a period of a time when people didn't really know how to hear from the Lord. And the Bible says there was no open vision because the Jews relied heavily upon a vision or a word from the Lord. And very few people heard from God. There was no open vision. This is a history, a genealogy, if you will, of people who came from the mighty men like Moses and Samuel and all these other type of characters that came forth. Joshua and vision was on display. You knew God was with these people. But at this time, not so. Samuel was in the breaking of a new era. He will be born at a time, and he will lead the people to mispar, because there will be warfare that would take place. The church was at its lukewarm stage. Nothing was moving at that time in our lives. And what you see in their lives, rather, you will see that everything was the Ark of the Covenant was in the basement. And this was at the time when warfare broke out. The Philistine went out there and ate them up. When it started happening, everything happened quick. It was powerful, but it was quick. Eli's sons died. Boom, boom, boom. Both of them died in the battle. They were supposed to be priests. Both of them died, just like God said they would die. Both of his sons wiped out. And then all of a sudden, the Philistine took the Ark of the Covenant. Eli, when he heard that they had died, he was hurt, but he wasn't worried about that. He was worried about that Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was taken. And when he heard that the Ark of the Covenant was taken, he fell back and he broke his neck because he was a big man. He was a sick boy. He was heavy. So at this time, his daughter-in-law, who was pregnant, birthed a son and named the boy Ichabod which means the glory of God had departed. Now, to her eyes, the glory of God had departed. But in Samuel's world, everything was running right on course. He knew it was coming down the pipeline. Let me tell you something. Everybody is not in the same place when it comes to warfare. Everybody's in different places. To one, it might be like Ichabod. To another one, the glory of God is with us. He's with us. 
and yet God was not moving. God was sitting there with his hands folded, watching everything, because he knew that he was going to bring it down like that. He tore everything down, and then he built it right back up through Samuel. The Ark and the Covenant was not God. It represented God. God was talking with Samuel at the time. The Lord was talking to Samuel audibly. He can hear God. When nobody else was hearing God, Samuel heard God. So you had both of Eli's sons had died. Eli, the priest, broke his neck. This is years later now, folks. Samuel leads the people up to Mizpah, the place of a high place to go worship God. He told them to repent and go up to Mizpah. And the Lord was with Samuel. And Samuel moved into a place because the first thing that God had to do when he flattened everything, he got to bring everybody to corporate repentance. Corporate repentance, y'all. This man, Samuel, was born at a time that he would lead Israel into corporate repentance. My God, we got to go back to corporate repentance, y'all. We are on one accord, but it's not for the glory of God. There's a lot of things that's happening. The world is on one accord. There are movements that's taking place outside of the body of Christ for the world. And by that happening, what's going on, it has become a distraction. But you know you see a movement from everybody outside of the body of Christ, you don't see no movement in the church. You don't see a movement from the inside part of God. And God raises up different people to talk about different things because a lot of times people don't want to talk about these type of things. They say, don't worry about that, don't worry about this. But there are certain people that were born to do certain things. That's why we don't want to step on other people's toes about what other people should not be doing. You don't know what God is telling people to do. So hold your peace with certain people because sometimes God is moving. He puts things in people's heart to deal with certain things at this time. And so as God is moving in Samuel's heart, he leads them to Mizpah. He leads them to a corporate repentance because he had to take them back to that place. And as time goes on, God began to move, and Samuel was their judge, Samuel was their priest, and Samuel was their prophet. Sound like Jesus, don't it? Judge, priest, and prophet, a trinity in one. And God was with Samuel, but it comes to a time where, like all of us, grandfather time catches up with everybody. But Samuel still had the power of God on his life. The anointing of God was still on him, but God, he was getting older as a man. Now, the Bible tells us, so does outwards man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. Samuel was still anointed. He was still bad. He still had the power of God, and God was still speaking to him audibly. But as he got old, the people began to look at Samuel's age, and Samuel's boys began to do what Eli's boys' sons did. Hello. They said to Samuel, you're, you're getting old, and your son's not walking in the Lord like you did. Give us a king. Isn't it an amazing people of God how you can love God with your whole heart? and your kids will go totally the opposite direction? Isn't that strange how things like that can take place? Think about that. You love God with everything in your heart, and yet your kids will go the totally different direction. 
Lord, have mercy. And much as you love them, you want them to follow you <clears throat> as you go with the Lord, but they have their own mind, their own heart, their own desire, and they go in another direction. Mm. So they begin to tell Sammy, we looking down the line, you're going to die, who's going to be after you? Your sons can't be the one. They're not walking in the line like you did. They're not, they don't fear God or reverence God like you do. And the next thing you know, they say, give us a king like the other nation does have. And what we're going to do is when you give us a king, we'll be all right. Samuel took it personal. And as he moaned and cried before the Lord, God said to him, it's not you, Samuel, that they're rejecting, but it is me. You see, the prophet is the mouthpiece of God. I don't know what these prophets be doing these days and time. I don't know, and I really don't care. But it's sickening to the stomach that people will call themselves a prophet and they're not doing what prophets did. Okay, something wrong with that. But nevertheless, the gift and the calling is without repentance. So Samuel was hurt because you can get so close to God to a point that you feel what God feels. You hurt when God hurts. You ever had a friend that you real close to when they hurt, you hurt? Or a spouse? Are you getting what I'm saying? Or a brother or a sister? Because y'all so close that they're hurting and you want to do something for them, but you can't really do nothing for them, but you hurt for them. They grieve, you grieve. When they rejoice, you rejoice. So Samuel felt the pain of rejection. But God said, it's not you that they're rejecting, it's me. He said, from the time of their father, they always did these things. So he knew that this is all working together for the good. So this is what happened. Here is Samuel. And what happens with Samuel is he got to go and appoint a king. And God sent him to appoint a king. And the man named is Saul, a Benjamite. Saul, whose name means great man. He's a tall man. About some people said he might have been six foot four, six five, handsome looking, well bred. He's well to do. He is their king. He's a Benjamite. You know, Benjamite was known for warriors. He's a fighter. So God calls him forth. He tells Sammy, go and anoint him. Sammy began to talk with Saul. He began to reveal Saul's heart to him. He said, is it not because the Lord had appointed you? And he poured the oil. He told telling your story to move on. It was a private meeting. Sammy told Saul after this meeting, your heart is going to change. You will become another man. So God was moving. He gave him the king. And this young, handsome-looking, six-foot-four, six-five leader, Sammy loved it, this man. And he looked at this young kid because at this stage, Sammy is an old man. He's old enough to be Saul's granddad. And he anoints him, and Sammy loves him. He's a well-looking man. He's about 6'5", and Sammy tells him the instruction of what to do, and Sammy begins to move forward because he realized this man is going to be the future of Israel. And Sammy is excited. So he began to give him instruction. Listen, folks, when you got Samuels in your life, they're going to tell you what you need to hear. I want to talk about the three things about Samuel. I want to talk about his call, 
I want to talk about his purpose. I want to talk about Samuel's anointing. Samuel called. His call was to bring the nation to repentance. The call was to bring everybody to repentance. When Samuel stepped in, everybody knew that God was talking through this man. It was no mystery that God would speak through this man's life and that whatever he said, it didn't fall to the ground. So he never prophesied. He prophesied. Now, it might have been time when Samuel had missed God because he thought it was David's oldest, oldest brother, and he still didn't miss God. He assumed that that was the king. But God said, uh, that's not the one I'm choosing. But nevertheless, Samuel was that old leader that knew how to speak into the younger generation life. Isn't it beautiful when you have Samuels in your life who can talk to you? Their call is to speak to you. They know they're going to move on, but they want to make sure that all is going to be well with the church. They don't try to split the church or destroy the body of Christ. They build it up before they leave. Always remember this. I have a saying. You should always leave things better than what you found it. If you found it one way, you should leave it better than what you found it. It should not be worse off than what you've seen it in. You are a builder. All of us are a builder. We like the, um, not the dominoes. We are like those other blocks that you can build up on top of each other. And as you build those junkers up, they can build a house, a truck, or whatever it is. We connect. Somewhere we're connected to somebody, and yet we can connect with anybody because God made us a corporate anointing. And he has a place for each and every one of us. But we need Samuels in our lives who can encourage us, who can speak into our lives, who knows when to talk with us, who knows when to pray for us, who discern things and say this is the time to go into intercessory prayer, who knows when to rebuke us or correct us in the right spirit, who won't put your business out but they love you and they will cover you no matter what. They're not looking at you as though you are their competition. They're looking at you as though that you're their friend. Either they're depositing into you or you're getting something from them in different scenes of ways. Because this is how God works when he puts families in our life. You can come to them and ask them questions. You can be transparent with them. You can let them know what you've done and where you're at in your life. They won't look at you funny because they are builders. They want to know how you're doing. And sometimes you don't have to even open your mouth. They know where you're at. I'm talking about males or females when I talk about these Sammies. They are rare people like this, and they have a, they have a, a very important job. You see, it's people like Sammies who the call of his life is to speak into other people's lives because those people's lives that he's speaking into, they got to go on to do great things. Saul is the first king of Israel. And we know the story that Saul didn't obey God, and Samuel had a heart for Saul. This is the thing that Samuel do, because these men love God, these men and women. Samuel had to rebuke Saul and chasten Saul, correct him for what he did. But let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. And here you will find that Samuel never gave up on Saul. 
1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 16. And, and, and the Lord said unto Samuel, how long? Now, first of all, let's go back up, verse 34, 35. Look at verse 35, chapter 15, verse 35. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. That's a key point, y'all. That's a key point. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul. It's one thing to cry, and it's another thing to weep. But mourning could go on for many years, y'all, many years. He never physically went back to see Saul, but he mourned it for Saul. Do you mourn for people when they miss God's purpose and their plan? Or do you cut their head off with the sword? Anybody could criticize anyone, a church, an organization, an individual, a ministry. Anybody could do that. But are you mourning for them and praying for them because they miss God? Or are you lifting their head up with your hand, one hand, and cutting off their head with the other hand with the sword? Listen, folks. He mourned for Saul. He himself didn't go back, but he mourned. By this, the all men know that you are my disciples for the love you have one for another. He mourned for Saul. And the Lord, back to the verse, second half, Parson B, and the Lord repented that he made Saul king over Israel. Folks, y'all never want to hear that when you're saying the Lord repented. There's a few times when you hear that. And that word repent doesn't mean that God sinned. It means that he regretted. You hear that in Genesis when God said, it, the Bible said, and it repented the Lord that he, he had made man. It repented the Lord that he had made man. And then you see it again here. When the scripture said, and, it, and, the, and the Lord repented that he made Saw king over Israel. You never want to be in a position that God feels as though he regret putting you there. Do you hear me? Samuel's in the midst of all of this, y'all. He's still interceding for him. He didn't quit on him. Are you hearing me? As a reminder, we should never give up on people and never quit on people. Verse 16, verse 1 said, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long was our mourn for Saul? seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Listen to that, y'all. Not a prince, a king among his sons. David is number eight. He's the youngest of all seven brothers. He called this boy a king, not a prince, a king among his sons. David was already a king, though he yet in physical, he was a boy. But God called him a king among the sons. The rest of them boys is like sons, but David was a king. Are you hearing me? And Samuel goes from praying because he was always praying for Saul, though he never went back to see him. And he goes from praying and mourning for Saul to going to anoint David. You see, God is good. The Bible says every perfect, good and perfect gift comes from above. He knew Samuel loved it, that young man, Saul. And God knew because his insight, 
He knows every man's intention. He knows the reign of everybody's heart. He knew Saul never was going to repent, and it repented him that he put in the end. He looked down the line. He said, this man is going to kill 70 priests one day. Do you hear me? He knew that this man was going to chase David all over and throw a javelin at him. He knew that this man would drive away all the mighty men from Israel. But he said, Samuel, fill your horn with oil. I provided me a king among his sons. You go down there to the house of Jesse, and I want you to anoint him who I will tell you. And yet David is the youngest. He's a little young buck, and he's watching sheep. And God was watching David. Y'all don't hear me. And he gets David. First, all the boys walked in front of Saul. And then he sees this young kid, of which Jesse didn't tell him about. He had all the older boys walk in front of him. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how men would put everybody else up ahead of the real one? And then he sees this. He, Sammy turns to me, he said, all these your sons? He said, well, we, we, he said, none of these that the Lord told you. He said, well, I got one more. I said, well, where is he at? He's back there watching the sheep. He said, go and fetch him. We cannot sit and eat till he comes. There are men of God who won't be able to sit down and eat the right way until God raise up his Davis. He's going to raise up some Davis. And when they did that, David walked in. He was ruddy, godly to look to, goodly to look to. And the Lord said to Samuel, rise and anoint him. This is him. And he poured that oil on that kid's face and on his head, and it went down. And David ate. And he went back to the sheep. But God was upon David. Do you hear me? One of the things about Samuel was the first thing, his call. His call was to anoint kings, to usher them into the next phase of Israel. Two, I want to talk about the purpose of Samuel. Now, Samuel's purpose was, his call was to encourage all of Israel, his purpose, I'm sorry, was to anoint the king. Because once he started anointing Saul first, and then David was anointed second, Israel had two kings. One, his time was present and presently known. The other one, his time had not yet came. But the anointing was on him so heavy that he had to flee from where he was at. Because when God began to do things, he does things. It don't make sense. Just don't add up. We scratch our head and say, what in the world is this going on? Why is it two of y'all here? Why is one that got the title but the other one got the power? Something is wrong with this. Have you ever been around ministry and seen that happen in ministry? You've seen it happen in churches. You've seen it happen on the job. One man is the boss, but he's the boss, the big boss. But you see the next guy, you know, he can make it really works around here. But this guy is the boss. So it's strange the way God chooses David. But David had to go through a lot of things in his life. He had to fight bears and lions. He had to kill Goliath. He had to go out and kill Philistine. Then he had to learn to rip away from his family and run to the cave for his life. 
but he had a mandate on him. It was the awe about David that made people that loved him, that came around him, because they knew that this young man loved it God. They knew it was something about him that he really, truly loved it God. And uh, this is something um, that is so awesome that every time you hear and see when God is doing this, you begin to say to yourself, wow, how is it that God is moving so strategically in people's lives like this? And you, you, you get excited because you know that God is doing something supernaturally. So he began to go through a lot of pain. He began to take his lumps like everybody else, but he also grows. And God is with David. And David will be the one who put Israel back in order in the future. Many years would go by, but he would accomplish that. This is God sending forth somebody toward the future to do something that wasn't done before. You, 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 you get what I'm saying? So these are the things in the time that Sammy was called because he had to be a mentor to Saul. He was praying for him, and then now he got David too. And then Saul is trying to wipe out David. And then David runs to Samuel and Ramah. And Samuel's there with the prophets. And David is there hiding. He told Samuel all what Saul did. And then Saul sent these men there to come get David to bring him back. And when they came there to kill David or bring him back, they began to prophesy because they was in Samuel's presence. See, he still had the anointing. He was a powerful powerful prophets. And as they came in, they began to prophesy and send word back to Saul, your men down there prophesying instead of killing David. And so what happened is, the next thing you know, here is another group Saul sends out. They come up there and guess what, folks? They begin to prophesy. And they told Saul, uh, the next group that you sent out, by the way, buddy, they down there prophesying to you. So Saul said, I'm going there myself. If you want something done, you got to take care of it yourself. So he goes down there. And as Saul go down there to take care of that business, he began to prophesy. And he prophesied and he prophesied. He prophesied so much that he stripped out of his clothes. And he kept on prophesying to the point that they said, is Saul among the prophets now? Because when you come into the presence of God, it's something powerful. Here is Samuel at an old age. Now, they rejected him because they said he was too old. But God didn't reject him. God's presence was still on Samuel, hanging over him like rain on a sunshine day. Y'all don't hear me. Samuel was so anointed. Those people stripped themselves out with Saul, stripping all his clothes off. And because he came into the presence of God, it was at Ramah. God was still with Samuel, but he, he turned it over to Saul. Saul was the next king. Saul didn't do right. Then God had to go anoint David. And Saul was trying to kill the future of Israel. And God wasn't going to let that happen, y'all. He wasn't going to let that happen. For those of you who are out there, let me just say this to you. When you have a call, there's something that God called you to do in your life. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. It doesn't matter who would try to destroy the call.
call of your future, your purpose, it won't stop it. Nothing can stop it because God set it in motion. And we all know that God has got a, a thing about him. God said nobody, his word will not be turned back to him void. Once he said, I provided me a king among his sons, you better believe David was going to be the king. Are you hearing me? Because God told Samuel to go down there. And everybody knew, they knew that Samuel couldn't be a liar. Now, there's a lot of proper lying going on around here. But Samuel was not one of them. When God anoints a prophet, he do not anoint him to be a proper liar. He anoints him to be a prophet because the prophet represents the mouthpiece of God. Samuel couldn't lie. He was one that spoke the truth in everything he did. That's why he didn't go back around Saul, because he would have had to tell Saul the truth again. And he was concerned that Saul would kill him, and Saul knew that he, what he was trying to do. So that day, Saul couldn't kill Samuel. I mean, David. He couldn't kill him. He wanted to kill him. And, and Samuel, the saddest thing is, he was the man of God in his older age. And this is so sad, y'all. And he's seen a young man that he once loved, that he anointed to be the king, trying to kill the next king that would come behind him. That was an innocent worshiper who loved God. Can you imagine how Samuel felt? That probably broke his heart. He loved this Saul. He was the one that anointed Saul. He obeyed God. He poured the oil on him. He presented Saul to the people of God. He did everything the right way. And he thought he would be able to retire. Now, here he is in his retirement state. He's still the prophet of Israel, but yet in his retirement stage, because you are a prophet to the day you die. In his retirement stage, he had to see one man that he anointed trying to kill the other man that he anointed. That's like a father seeing two sons going at it, the older against the younger. No one should never see that. I want to talk about the third thing is the anointing of Samuel, the anointing of Samuel. Samuel had an anointing that was rare, very rare, very rare. And uh, when you see his anointing, you begin to understand that this man had power with God because when he do things, God was with him. And as he lived his life, other prophets was around him. They was being groomed. And let me tell you who else was around him. A young man by the name of Nathan was around him, too. Let's not get it twisted. Oh, you'd be surprised he was around good old Samuel because Samuel had Nathan. Nathan would play a big part in the future one day, and David would never forget Nathan. <laughs> yes, sir. He will remember him. Nathan probably was being groomed by Samuel. Are you hearing me? And so Samuel anointing was that, that as of a, he had a giant anointing. Because when Samuel did something the way he did it, God had to show Samuel, I'm going to be with these people. You see, y'all, Samuel loved it, Israel. He loved it, Israel. Remember, his mother dedicated him to God before he was ever born. So he had a heart for the people. He had a heart for the people. My God. And this boy, 
Samuel grew and grew wiser and wiser and wiser all of the days of his life. He had a heart for the people. And by him having a heart for the people, he was concerned about the welfare of the people. They state spiritually for the people. He had the heart of God because that was in him. It was embedded in him. He had Eli as his mentor. Eli was not a bad person. A lot of people try to say that Eli was a bad person, but he really wasn't. He just didn't train his sons the right way. Had he uh, rebuked his son and got them in order, they never would have done the thing they did. But the people saw Eli, and they looked at what his son did, and he never changed them, and they said, God began to change. Really, the people didn't even come to Eli. It was the Lord that said, I got to get him out of here. Because Eli's son probably was so quiet on the tip of what they were doing that the dad knew about it, but he didn't say nothing. Let us be a reminder. When you see your kids stepping out of order, talk to them. Rebuke them. The Bible said open rebuke is better than secret love. Do y'all hear me? An open rebuke is better than secret love. So you never know. You never know when you open rebuke your kids. And it's a way to do it in the right manner. Folks, let me just say this to you. Samuel anointing was that he had anointed on him that his word didn't fall to the ground. He had anointed on him to anoint kings. Many prophets will come after Samuel, but none of them was like Samuel. He became, he was born at a time between a transitional period, from judges to kings, anointing kings. He was a prophet, he was a priest, and he was a judge. He had a threefold ministry in one. And yet at the end of his ministry, he see one king trying to kill the younger king. So it was between a mixture of things. But Samuel did what he had to do. And I want to say to all of you in there, you need Samuels in your life. Because these Samuels will speak the word that you need to hear in your life. They will encourage you. They will tell you what you need to hear. Sometimes if they start talking, let them talk. Don't cut them off. Oh, we got to get back to business. Let those Samuels say what they need to say in your life. Oh, well, he talked too much. Listen, I've been around a lot of people. And some people talk, but they ain't saying nothing. But some people talk, they got the law of EF Hutton. When real leaders speak, people listen. You hear me? Men like Samuel is something that everybody needs to see in their life. They're older, they're wise. They are anointed. They know how to speak in season, out of season. They will pray for you. They won't leave you hanging. They will pray you through. We need Samuels in these days. And I'm sure somewhere out there, there is a Samuel in your life that you can lean on, that you can talk with, who will pray you through. And a lot of times they are older people. They're not looking for no titles. They're not even looking for no position. They just love God, and they're on fire for God. And they would encourage you on what to say, how to say it, and what to do, and give you wise counseling. Folks, let me tell you something. It's a lot of stuff going on out here. You, I've never seen a group like these young people. They're powerful. They got gifts and ability. 
but their character is so far behind. It's like somebody giving a dangerous weapon to a little child. They don't know what the purpose of it is. And if a little child don't know the purpose of something that's a dangerous, powerful weapon, they will hurt themselves with it. And a lot of people, like the Bible said, have pierced themselves with many sorrow, many sorrow. So I want to open it up. If anybody want to say something, please just put star eight if you want to come in and say something about the Samuels that's in your life. Or what do you think about the Samuel? If you have anything you would like to add or just share with us. We're open. We want to hear from you. Just put star then push eight. And come on in. You won't be interrupting me. I want to hear from you. So while somebody may be doing that, and God is giving you the nudge, come on in and say something. I just want to continue to say this. We thank God for you because you are important. You see, real Sam, you know the value of people. But pride and arrogance don't see the value of nobody. They only see their value. Everybody they see, they see other people as beneath them. Oh, they can't do this, but I can do this. This is what pride do. Samuel didn't have a pride in his bones. Samuel was humble before God. He had a great gift, but you never see pride come out of this man. He never put people down by where they was at. You could see it the way he prayed for Saul. Saul was messed up, y'all. This man lost his mind. He started off right, but he ended off, ended up wrong. As a reminder to all of us, because you are anointed, that don't mean that you're right. Do you hear me? You're going to be very much anointed and be just as wrong as two left feet. Do you hear me? And you got to be careful that you don't start smelling yourself. You see, sometimes because where we're going at or the position that we have, we start smelling ourselves. My mama used to say that. Boy, what's wrong with you? You starting to smell yourself? That means you're getting older now. Your musk got stronger. Yeah. Because the musk got stronger, you think you're a man. You can handle this. Or you're an older woman. You can handle this. Let me tell you something. Stay humble, y'all. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He want to do things in all of us. We need each other in this body of Christ. And if we're going to survive, we got enough demons fighting against each one of us that it's so many of them fighting against us. We don't need to criticize each other, y'all. Let's build one another up. You can waste your time fighting against people in the flesh, or you can use valuable time building up people in the spirit. Which one would you choose? God has called us to a great mandate. We was born in a time that it's a dangerous time to be born in, y'all. We got a great task ahead of us. We, the people of God, was called and born at this time to put the fire of God back in the churches, to help our pastors, to help the ministry, to see the ministry grow. That's what we was born for. You see, God knew it would be time like this when it would be a lot of fake, all about money, get all you can and can all you get, God knew it would be time like this, but he allowed you to be born in this time, this dispensation. What are you going to do with the time that God has given you? Can you put the fire of God back in the churches? 
Are you on fire for God? Or are you just mediocre? You just go along to get along. Who are you? What's going to happen when the fathers that's alive right now, the spiritual father in the church, die off? Who would you become? Would you get caught up in your own arrogance? Would you be someone who will make a difference? Who would you be? God is calling you to deeper depths and higher heights. What is your perspective of things? Do you remember what you were taught, or are you just existing? I want to leave that thought with you, and I want you to think about it. I love you, and I thank God for all of you who tuned in. And at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Will. But before I do that, I just want to say if there's anyone who's out there who may be listening, who don't know Jesus and the pardon of their sins, at this time, I want to invite you to give your heart to the Lord. I want you to repeat after me if this is you. That, oh God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Wash me and cleanse me in the blood of the Lamb. Create in me a clean heart. And renew within me the right spirit and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and Master and Savior of my life. Right now, I ask it in Jesus' name and to his glory. Amen. Father, we thank you for all who are listening for what you have done. Lord, I pray that you would continue just to have your way in all of our lives and you be glorified in everything that we do. And, Lord, we pray that whatever we said, that we don't offend anyone, but we would build up the people of God, that you might be glorified. Shape, Lord, and break up every foul ground. Minister to your people. Bring them in for a new beginning, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank you for your time. My time is up. At this time, I'm turning over to Will, and I'm backing out. God bless you. <laughs> well, hallelujah, boy. I ain't lying. I hope y'all had got a real great, educated, mindful blessing of Samuel. And who is your Samuel, like my brother just said? There's a lot of them out there. But who becomes more in tune with your natural abilities called life? What you do in your situation called life? You know, y'all got something different to say. And I know y'all got something to do. But life is so different. And I don't know how to tell y'all, but it, it really is a... um. A change. You got to look at different things and peep it for what it is. Because every day there's going to be change. Problem is, can you handle the change? <laughs> she, you don't believe me, look what's about to happen. The women been used and abused so much, they looking for change. We, as black 
individuals been abused and abused so much, we still looking for change. Are we going to get it? I have no clue. You know, I can't figure that one out for you. That's what God going to do. But here on this network, we definitely practice freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. But all I ask y'all people to do out there in the near future, and anytime you go on this network, just be real. Be safe and be ready. That's it. And it's not hard to tell. But I'm glad and I'm thankful that everybody is still celebrating, having a good time with their family members. We got something good to talk about for a change. Because there's always going to be something negative to talk about. I hope you don't stay on your mind because it do be coming at you. I don't think because anything's so happy, you ain't going to get nothing crazy. That's life. But mm, it is what it is. Now, um, people, don't forget about tuning in tonight with Mr. On Point. And um, man, shout out to him, man. You know, his sister's daughter passed away. He had a, I forgot to tell him, he kind of minds to pray for him. He had to bury him today. And uh, that was something. But he's doing a he's doing a show tonight on On Point Radio, On Point underscore Radio on www.talkshow.com, and his topic is when enough is too much. Are we living in the area of the new new wave sex age, or life size or life size dolls replacing our males and females? Would you purchase a sex doll? for yourself, for your mate? Do or would you view this as your male cheating? <laughs> or like texting, are these dials blocking our communication and our interaction between partners? With the plastic surgery enhancements on females and the pills and enhancement pumps on the males, is this, is this like real more... <laughs> Ah, wait a minute, I'm sorry, people. But this is some funny stuff. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't believe I'm reading this. Hey, is this, is this like real more or real the body altering of ourselves? Let's be grown, sexually mature, honest, and adults about it, and let's talk about it. Wow, that's a lot to talk about. So, um... Jesus, um, y'all got that? <laughs> oh, y'all got that one good. Whew. That was a lot to say, and I, I don't know how I could say it again, but he can say it. Now, the other show is tonight on BevNet with DJ Fully Joy. Now, I forgot to tell y'all, on All Point Radio, when you dial, you have to put in the PIN number. The PIN number is 143 one three three pound. But DJ Fully Joy is having a show tonight also. And at, and all point radio, that show starts at nine o'clock. I'm so sorry I didn't tell y'all. But on Bevnet, on the same thing, talk to dot com, DJ Fully Joy is having a show called Joy to the World. And her topic is at ten PM the power the powerful and influential effects of women on society. Home, work, and play. What's your perspective 
of the change, good, bad, or indifferent. You decide. Let's march. That's the name of the topic for tonight on BevNet Radio. Now, please, people, check out all the shows out there. You ain't just got to be one-dimensional, you know, because one thing I'm not about is trying to take somebody's joy or steal somebody's whatever. I don't know. I'm not into all that. But I'll tell you one thing. I got a brother out there named Minister Ann Williams, and he's coming out with a new album. And this is one of the songs he got, and we're going to fall out right on this. This is called Concentrate Me Now. Cause I do it all on my own without you. I hope I gain it all all alone. Yeah, I forgot you. Now I'm crying, Lord. That you restore the joy of my salvation. Consecrate me now as I take this vow of rededication. Give me of my fall, give me of my hope, give me of my From the dead of this broken life, forgive me, I was wrong. I trust that I could be more than he wanted me by myself. But now I know without you, I cannot do what I do. I need your help. Thank you. 
All right. So when I say out, it means obviously you talk. That's how I spell it out. If you look at it, out. O-U-T, obviously you talk. So all I do is put a twist on it and say, who's out? 